Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Well, everybody was watching the results in Virginia this week. Some pretty wild stuff was happening in New Jersey. We're going to begin with the election fallout. The tight race for governor of New Jersey was a nail-biter until the very end. Democratic Governor Phil Murphy pulled out a narrow victory over the Republican challenger. The fact that it was even close, an alarm bell for Democrats across the country. A Republican truck driver is on the verge of unseating a top New Jersey Democrat. Right now, Republican Ed Durr leads with 52% of the vote to uh, State Senate President Steve Sweeney's 48%. That's with 100% of precincts in. It was unexpected, but it happened. Democratic Governor Phil Murphy just barely squeaked out a victory, and one of the top Democrats in the state was booted out of his job by an underdog unknown. And while we were all tuned into Virginia, Politico New Jersey reporter Sam Sutton was watching it all. You know, I think that uh, as a reporter in New Jersey, I think uh, this is not an uncommon thing. People overlook New Jersey all the time, and they, as, as was proven by these election results, they are often foolish to do so. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Sam Sutton on what the heck happened in New Jersey. So there have been two pretty surprising elements of New Jersey's election this week, one involving the governor, the other involving the president of the state Senate. Let's talk about the gubernatorial race first, which ended up as a kind of unexpected nail-biter. Walk me through what happened there. Yeah, surprise is maybe uh, too soft a word. This uh, this was a pretty stunning result um, that, that very few people were expecting. Um, there hadn't been a great deal of public polling in the gubernatorial race, but going into uh, the, the last week of the campaign, the, the polls that were available put Governor Murphy's advantage over um, former Assemblyman Jack Chidorelli at you know anywhere between uh, eight and eleven points. There was one poll that was as low as six points, but but still you know a very comfortable margin for um, a Democrat in a in a Democrat heavy state. That ultimate margin has been much narrower than uh, than that. I believe Murphy's up by a little less than two points, and you know Chitterelli really gave him a run for his money. I should note that Assemblyman Chitterelli has not actually conceded the race yet, and is actually as of noon Thursday still fundraising, um, saying that the the race isn't over. So we might be headed for a recount here. What made Murphy so vulnerable here? How did you end up with a situation where what looked like it could be as much as a 10-point victory has ended up so slim? Well, I think that a couple things happen. One, we're we're still counting votes here. So I should say that this is kind of an incomplete picture. But um, what's clear for now is that Murphy underperformed, at least in terms of a percentage of votes, in a lot of Democratic strongholds um, throughout uh, North and Central Jersey, Essex County, uh, Hudson County, Morris, Passaic, Passaic in particular, um, which is uh, where Patterson is, there just wasn't the same level of enthusiasm for his ticket as there was in 2017 when, um, of course, we were coming out of the Christie years and uh, President Donald Trump was in the middle of his term. So that's one factor. The second factor is Chidorelli just ran a a very um, hands-on campaign. (laughs) It ain't cold in here. Thanks for bringing the heat. 
he was going up and down the state. He was holding town halls. He was going into uh, beloved diners. He was, you know, doing a lot of short but one-on-one time with with individual voters, and that that certainly resonated with with, with some folks. But just as importantly, it you know kind of helped him build a brand as a counter to Murphy in. Uh, Republican strongholds. Fact is, I've been ready since Phil Murphy was sworn in two years ago. You know why? Because Phil Murphy doesn't get it. Maybe it's because he's not from New Jersey. The beloved Jersey Shore really kind of turned out for Cittarelli here. He got a lot of votes out of those two counties, and that um, that made it a really, really, really close race. Let's talk about the other shocker in New Jersey, the president of the state Senate, one of the most powerful people in the state, Steve Sweeney, a Democrat, ousted by a relatively unknown Republican truck driver. What happened with this race? Um, <laughs> great question. Um, this caught everybody in the state by surprise. Um, Edward Durr is in all likelihood, AP has called it, in all likelihood, the incoming Republican senator from from a third legislative district. Who am I? I'm, I'm a truck driver. I'm, I'm an everyday guy. I'm a family man. And I just possibly took down the second most powerful man in New Jersey. You got to admit, that's kind of a Cinderella story, right? This is um, in the southern part of the state. It's a It's an area that has been drifting more and more conservative over the years. And while Sweeney, I think, portrays himself, and I think is an accurate portrayal as a moderate to slightly conservative Democrat, it's clear that there was just a groundswell of dissatisfaction with Democrats in general. Um, As it stands now, again, midday Thursday, Durr's up by about 2,000 votes. With that said, Sweeney has, has not conceded. In fact, as we were starting to record here. He put out a statement. I'll just read that to you now. Uh, the results from Tuesday's election continue to come in. For instance, there were 12,000 ballots recently found in one county. While I am currently trailing in the race, we want to make sure every vote is counted. Our voters deserve that, and we will wait for the final results. So might not be over, but it sure looks like it's over. And um, Sweeney, who's been one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey politics for more than a decade, will find himself out of office. So overall, you have two races where it's just been pretty surprisingly bad for Democrats, one where in all likelihood a powerful Democrat in the state is going to be leaving office. I mean, when you consider what's happened in New Jersey this week, especially in the context of also what happened in Virginia with a Republican winning the governorship in a state, Biden won by 10 points in the presidential election. What are you thinking this tells us about the political situation, both locally or regionally in New Jersey, but also more big picture? I think there's a, it's a little bit in the eye of the beholder, um, right? So prior to Murphy making his, um, his victory speech, there were folks on a local television station saying, you know, progressives in the northern part of the state were, you know, maybe a little dissatisfied that, that Murphy hadn't run as a true progressive and had maybe moved closer to the center in the last year of his term. I don't know if I totally subscribe to that, but you know there there clearly was depressed uh, enthusiasm in very left leaning areas like Hudson County. Um, so that's that's one factor. On the other hand, you know Murphy has, you know, if I've quoted him saying, or if I've used the expression that he's a self avowed progressive in my copy one time, I've probably used it six times. Um, this is a guy whose you know platform in 2017 included legalizing marijuana, raising the minimum wage, uh, paid family leave. These are things that he delivered on. 
um, with with you know uh, Sweeney and Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin's assistance and, and stewardship in the legislature, and these are really progressive goals. So maybe it's uh, to a degree a backlash over that. I think you know one thing that was has not been captured by the polls, but I think was really instrumental in driving Republican votes in um, more conservative parts of the state is you know a backlash to uh, pandemic related policies. That's certainly something that Edward Durer has seized upon as, as a reason for um, his victory. But, you know, New Jersey's economy really suffered over the last couple of years as the public health crisis really, you know, kind of pushed the state to the brink in a lot of respects. So there, there's that. There's masking policies in schools. There's vaccine policies. These, these you know, may have driven out in all likelihood drove out constituencies that um, just weren't being accounted for by by Democrats, or uh, and uh, you know, I think that we have to turn the mirror on ourselves as members of the media, uh, by by the you know the media narrative as well. Um, and I think that's all, you know, a little bit of a stew that has made for a pretty messy outcome for Democrats in the state. Sam Sutton, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you so much. Also, today, New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams plans to convert his first paychecks into Bitcoin as he vows to make the city more welcoming to cryptocurrency. Adams announced in a Twitter post that he would take his first three paychecks in Bitcoin when he becomes mayor, and that his campaign later clarified he would convert his pay into Bitcoin through an exchange, given that the city lacks a mechanism to issue salaries in anything other than U.S. dollars. The announcement was a clear statement of political support for crypto and follows remarks Adam made this week indicating he wants to attract more crypto jobs to New York and possibly create a digital currency for the city. And the United States, the UK, and some 20 other countries and financial institutions are pledging to stop public financing for most overseas oil and gas projects by next year. That the agreement includes wide latitude for participants to set their own exemptions, and many of the world's leading backers of those projects decline to sign on. The announcement from the COP26 climate summit is part of the effort to keep countries on track to reduce global emissions sharply enough to meet the Paris Agreement's stretch goal of limiting planetary warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius from the beginning of the industrial era. It was hailed by many environmentalists as a critical step toward weaning the international community off of fossil fuels. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Politico Dispatch team includes senior editor Raghu Manavalan, senior producer Jenny Ament, and executive producer Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.